give us songs for the morning sun as it was pouring from your mouth. You gave us a lifetime of blessing, a long time of resting in your house. You give us all that Hello listeners, welcome to season two of Create in Me with Rebecca Craver and Brian Dixon. Thank you for tuning in. And we're glad you've joined us for this conversation about the connections between worship and everyday life. Hello and welcome, Creating Me listeners. You're here today again with uh, Rebecca Craver and Brian Dixon. We're glad that you've joined us for a little bit of conversation about worship. What makes it work? What makes it great? How do we enrich it? How do we enhance it? How do we really open ourselves to the experience of real encounter with God and, and with each other in worship. So uh, we're glad you're here. And um, we thought we were going to do something a little bit different today, a podcast uh, about the podcast, uh, maybe kind of a, a almost midpoint check-in and just a little bit of conversation between Rebecca and I about, I guess, where we feel the podcast has come. And, and just to share with you, the listeners, some of our hopes, some of our ideas uh, dreams and visions about where we would yet like to see this conversation go and maybe some new ways uh, to invite you uh, into the conversation uh, along with us as well. So, so thanks. And, uh, and here we go. Just thinking back on what we, what we have done with creating me. So it started even before the podcast with Brian and I um, helping uh, to curate kind of a series of articles about different things people were already doing um, in worship that were different, some, some unexpected, some things are just not as well known. And so we just tried to bring out some of those stories really to encourage other people to see their own engagement with worship um, in that light, that it is part of their own creativity and that they're part of this larger, larger group of people who are creating worship, not just clergy, but that we all kind of contribute to worship in, in many different ways and that people are invited to do that, which to me is so important because I've, I've been in enough congregations where there are lots of people who think that the pastor is the only person who gets to create worship, the only person who is qualified. And for me as a pastor, the most important and maybe the most inspiring thing is when other people have ideas about worship and we can work together to make them come to life and to manifest in the worshiping community or in an individual's prayer life um, and worship life. And I think that that was our intention, right? Was to help sort of build some capacity and to just make more space for that conversation to happen so that people knew that it's not just that they could, that they could talk about this, that they could, bring an idea to a pastor or that they could just do something in worship, um, you know, without permission and without anything, but just if you feel the spirit moving you to sort of let the spirit move through you and, and do that. And so it started there. And then the podcast, I think was another way for us to sort of embody the conversation. And I do think it has enabled us to get to a listening base that has consistently wanted to hear the conversation, but I would like to hear more from other people like that. And I'm not quite sure how to do that, but that's, that's one of my greatest hopes is that we figure out a way to have some sort of feedback loop so that more voices can be a part of this conversation. 
Yeah, I think you and I recognized early on that we can kind of geek out about worship um, ad nauseum. Like it's just a topic about which, you know, we're each very passionate. We have the opportunity as practitioners to, to be designing, developing, collaborating with others uh, on worship. And I think we were curious as to how the conversation might strike people who maybe don't have that same kind of opportunity. Or as you said, Rebecca, maybe feel like, well, that's not my thing. That's not my place. Like I didn't know that I had a say in the worship life of my faith community. And so I, I, I don't know if it's like we see ourselves as in the business of like absolutely permission giving, uh, encouraging, equipping, really kind of opening that up to, um, and, and, and this may be different on a, I guess, case by case basis or, you know, different communities, the way that they view the responsibility, I guess, of worship planning and leading. And maybe, maybe in some communities, it is more centralized in a, in a smaller number of people. And in other places, maybe it is, is a more open source type of thing. But I, I think whatever works for your community to at least ask the question of, you know, can there be more involvement? Can there be more input? And in and a, and a way within each community for kind of, um, as you said, a, a loop, a, a feedback mechanism to say, how is this working? Is, is the worship meeting what the community perceives to be the needs of, the, of you know, I, I guess the call of the spirit? Like, like, is our worship connected with any kind of a social justice ministry or outreach? Um, you know, is, is our worship connected with any kind of pastoral sensitivity or engagement with, with um, the congregation? Um, and, and just looking back over the topics we've covered, I mean, guitar making, improv, dance, you know, preaching, uh, vestments in worship. I've been surprised at, at how seemingly inexhaustible, and I don't know if, if to you, the listener, it, it seems like we're, we're circling back and covering old ground, but I feel like we've kind of not had the same conversation twice. I certainly feel, Rebecca, like there's, there's certain there's certain through lines and there's things that I do feel us kind of circling back to from different angles. But um, I mean, we've, we've got a list of at least a dozen other, I guess, lenses through which to look at, at worship. And, and that's, that's kind of exciting. I, I guess, I don't know if we knew going into this, what kind of legs this, this was going to have, or if it would just be something, you know, that we try for a while and, and, and enjoy. I, I certainly feel like it gives me an opportunity to think through uh, on a very real basis, you know, the kinds of ideas I'm trying to bring forward and develop and share uh, through worship. So it feels like it's a little bit of a workshop uh, for us that way. And we certainly hope that, that you, as you listen, are maybe taking some of these ideas to, to the places where you worship and to the people with whom you worship. And, and I don't know, having, similar conversations, you know, it, where, where you are. Yeah. I mean, I feel you on that. I think that there's so much about worship that we do circle back, but I think that that's sort of the ever evolving nature of, of practicing worship is that, you know, we do circle back, like even in, in most Christian churches, we circle back on the scripture every three years, you know, mm -hmm. that we come through this cycle 
And the wisdom is that of that cycle, the lectionary um, and the biblical texts that are included in that cycle is that we need to be refreshed. We need to continue to come back to these same stories and to be invited again to consider them. You know, I know our lectionary Bible study at church, you know, we'll talk about scriptures. And often we talk about how, like, you know, last time I read the scripture, this is what I heard. This is what um, stood out to me. But this time, this other thing is standing out to me. And so I think we just recognize how much our lives sort of dictate how we see things. And, and I think even what we need to see or what, uh, what God needs us to see in order to move forward into what, what God is doing in the world. So I think it's just so interesting um, always to come back and to see what comes back up and, and how those ideas change over time and out of use. Um, there are definitely things that we have talked about in our podcast and are on in other conversations that have come back to me again and again, as I've been practicing and trying to, and have entered into it in a different way, which is why I hope that these conversations are happening for more people, because I think that we have a great capacity as, as human beings to learn and to worship in a variety of different ways. And if we're not asking questions about our worship, we may we may miss opportunities that would be really fruitful for our discipleship, for our own um, exploration of faith and growth and in our own lives of faith. So that, I mean, that's why it's so important to me that we talk about it because sometimes you can't discover things unless they're out in the open, unless you've been talking about them or reflecting on them as it was, you know, like you don't, and not everybody has to have a long conversation about it, but I do hope people are thinking about their worship experiences and exploring what, what could make them more meaningful or be more helpful to them. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think I don't, and I feel like where I, where I worry sometimes about, is it just kind of you and I geeking out about something that, that, that we love or, you know, does worship and does getting worship right? Is there more at stake, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I think worship is, I don't think it's just something that, that we love to do and are happy to talk about. I, I really think, personally that that worship is it's where we do public theology you know it's where we work together to try to articulate and and refine and and maybe reinforce and and maybe further and develop our thoughts about god and 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 what it is we understand god to be about and what it is we as christians believe that it means to follow jesus that our worship kind of teaches and instructs it's like group spiritual formation it's i think it's critically important well i mean one as an indicator as as i i know you know with your work with the healthy congregations task force like it is it's an indicator to some extent of the spiritual vitality of a community a community that that worships you know that is an expression of spiritual health that is an expression of spiritual life On, on christmas eve you know we had a number of services at the church that i serve and a young, a young man who identified himself as a young med student, he just thanked me for the service. And he said, well, you, you made that bearable. <laughs> and I said, well, say a little more about that. And he said, you know, my generation, I just feel like we're largely checked out. We just don't feel, you know, we don't want to be preached at. We don't feel like it's really worth showing up for worship. It's kind of something we do to keep our grandparents happy. You know, something we do to show some respect to our parents. But for us... 
and he said this this felt like there was something in it for me there it was relatable it, I, it felt connected and i don't feel like we did anything out of the ordinary you know it, I, i'm serving a, a historic congregation with a long-standing kind of way of going about a christmas eve service so there wasn't anything particularly innovative or you know that i thought was you know new so again the fact that there may be people who feel like oh i've i've totally checked out on the whole faith thing and that if through worship we can kind of help people to understand really what a vital i don't know not, not like we're trying to repackage it or oh we're gonna you know new look same great taste kind of thing but to do worship in ways that are authentic, that are relatable, that, that connect people who may not believe there is any, there isn't any connective tissue to say, maybe, maybe God does have something to do with my life. You know, maybe faith is something I really do need to give some thought to and, and, and maybe show up for a little bit more in my life. That to me, like worship is the chance we get to make that case a little bit. Not just the, the gospel, not just, okay, God loves you, that love is expressed, you know, for you in these ways, but to just, I don't know, somehow communicate to people that this, this matters, this, this matters a great deal. And I think even people who would not identify as religious or spiritual, they have questions, you know, of ultimate concern. Does anything really matter? You know, is there anything more than this? You know, questions about how does this all fit? And not like we as worshipers answer everybody's questions on any given Sunday, but that we really honor and affirm the questions, the questing, you know, that, yeah, this is, this is a part of life as well, dealing with these big questions and holding them in tension, holding them with intention and, and, in, and together in community. So that, that to me was kind of a high point of, you know, Otherwise, a wonderful, wonderful experience of Christmas Eve services. I mean, three services. It was just, it was a lot of, a lot of energy expended, a lot of, you know, care, a lot of work on, on the parts of the musicians and the sacristans and people baking, you know, love feast buns and putting on a, a, a dinner, you know, for the volunteers. And, but it was worth it to have somebody come away and said that, that helped connect me with, with faith a little bit that helped that that made god feel a little more real to me thank you i was like that that's why we worship that's that's amazing that's really wonderful but i think it's also a challenge to the existing church communities because i i think that by and large we take for granted the power of of mm. what it is that we can offer to people through the witness of our of our life together mm. um and what of which worship is a huge part I have been in more than one situation where, you know, to talk about um, worship is to say, well, we did it this way last year. So just reprint the bulletin and change mm -hmm. the date. Yeah. And, and I think that while, again, I, I don't, you know, our worship service for Christmas Eve is largely unchanged um, in the seven years that I've been here, but we have talked about why do we keep it this way? Why is yeah. this important? that for me is also this important part of why do we talk about worship? And I think part of it is the discipline of not just, just having worship be this thing we do, but to have it be a part of how we live out what we believe. 
And, and in the same way that you talked about, you know, that it's our public theology, it's what we say about who God is. And, and I think it is important that we kind of interrogate that because sometimes we are saying things about God mm. that we might not want to say about God, that we might not believe about God, um, simply because we are not always in this mode of sort of, what does that say? How does that look to people? You know, like we can say, oh, our, our services are so welcoming. But if we have somebody, um, you know, come in and sort of help us to say, well, you know, like, you're very nice, but nobody came and spoke to me. Now, if mm -hmm. I reached out and spoke to somebody, they were really kind to me. But nobody came to the door and said, hey, who are you? Um, we're glad you're here. Or, or sometimes even other things like as simple as if it's a service where there's somebody that you know is new and it's a communion service, for instance, well, yeah. churches do communion in a variety of different ways. And somebody might not know that, but to have a person that says, I'm going to sit beside you and just explain to you what's happening yeah. so that you are prepared. So you don't feel um, foolish or left out because you're not quite sure how we practice this here. And, and those are just some examples, but I think that there's a, there's a real need to be thoughtful about worship because it is not, it's not just the people who um, are not kind of in our sphere of, um, of influence that can be surprised by how meaningful worship can be. I think sometimes we think, oh, well, this is how it is. And so it doesn't do, it doesn't do me any good if you change it, except for it can, because just because we've been worshiping this way for a long time, doesn't mean that we couldn't also learn or engage in a different way that would bring life to us. Um, yeah. and maybe bring some more vitality to our faith that we didn't know we needed. And, and I hope that, that that's the way we're moving that when we, you and I, Brian, were on that committee talking about a new hymnal, one of the things that just really stood out to me was the, the huge movement of creative um, spirit in the church right now, you know, people writing hymns and writing liturgies, people being excited about um, creating these these elements of worship and, and not having a place to share them or not knowing that there was like kind of a wider audience for what was being created. And we've talked to some of those people in our podcast too. You know, we talked to Fran Pratt who is a worship leader and who writes liturgy every week. It's part of her discipline, but, but she's finally gotten to the point where she was able to put together this book to share some of what she has created um, that was for the context of her community, but there was a lot of, there are a lot of prayers, a lot of litanies that speak to other people. And what a joy to be able to share that gift with a larger, a larger audience for other people who maybe couldn't find the words, but who would like to use them. And there's just so much depth there in, in what the creative movement can do um, and can bring to us and bring us to. And I think that we've seen that in the history of the church, that the creative movement often corresponds with um, kind of a, re a revival. Yeah. And our churches are all in need of that. Um, the institution is struggling. And I think it's important that we see and kind of encourage these things that are happening uh, because I think that they're the way forward. Mm. Um, lots, lots of things may change, but our worship of God does not. Um, lots of things can change, but God does not, you know, God is still who God has always been. And, and I think that that's the promise that helps us to kind of continue to worship and to find ourselves 
though things may change, presence of a living God who, who lives with us and grows with us. Um, I mean, I think in that, in that framework, I mean, since we've talked to, since we started this podcast, we've talked about um, what it would be like to get a group of people together for like a create and me retreat. And we haven't really sat down like, well, this is what this retreat would be like, but just really thinking about like, what would it be like to just get a whole bunch of people together with the invitation to create? And maybe it's not just, you know, like, let's write a few hymns together, but maybe it's, you know, let's write a few hymns together and let's try this idea together. Like how do, how would we kind of workshop a, a really different kind of worship service? What would that look like? What would we need? How would we sort it out? Because a lot of times you have a lot of different people kind of looking at the same thing and we each bring an element of discovery to it. And then it, it gets better. It gets bigger. It gets kind of more, more precise maybe, or maybe it gets bigger and not precise, but more, more macro in it, in its application. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah. I want any kind of like creative collaborative, I don't know, any kind of creative endeavor, you know, whether it's a, a music scene, that develops and you just have a bunch of people getting together, collaborating and, and being kind of caught up in a, in a spirit of the moment. And it's like, you know, this is, this is something, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we've used different kinds of language around this, like a creative co-op or, you know, the, the, the garden plot kind of idea, everybody throwing something down on the ground and, and working together to tend it, to water it, to, to nurture it, to health. And I'm curious too, as to what, one, I guess, are we, are we hearing right? You know, are we, is what we're sensing yeah. correct? And, you know, we've had that conversation with Nola Knaus and from where, like where she and Gwen Michael sit and they see, you know, they, they see the music coming in, they see the liturgy being written, being developed. And, and that, that taste of it that, that we got as part of that committee, we're like, wow, there's like a, it's a tip of the iceberg, you know, that there really does feel to us to be something that the Holy Spirit is, is doing really activating uh, a deep sense of worship. And I guess people maybe coming to terms with or being put in touch with their need, their need for worship. And they're wanting to, to have worship that is expressive of, of their gifts, of their abilities. And I feel like we've always really moved beyond the whole, um, you had used the language of, you know, beyond the worship wars one time, I remember. And just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not about contemporary or traditional. Like that is like, we're so far beyond that with this conversation. It's, if that's what you're arguing about, you know, you're kind of missing, you know, it's not at, at which end of a, of a polarity are you on worship, but what's at the heart of it? What's, what's at the center of it, you know, and, and trying to bring people together around that. And I, and I think as we had talked with Fran, the idea that the worship isn't just something that's kind of presented to us as kind of a package deal. Like, okay, here's your box of wafers and you know you can put those on a plate however you want and serve communion. And, and here's, your, here's a box of books of worship and you basically just follow the rubrics and you, 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 you pray that out, you sing that out. The idea of not so much like pre-packaged kind of worship, but more organic, more local, um, more, you know, more, I don't know, personal and authentic expressions of gratitude 
uh, generosity of, you know, recognizing creativity as something of a, like a spiritual birthright, like to, to believe, to confess that, you know, belief in a creator God and that we are created in the image of a creator God. I mean, I just, yeah, that to me very logically points to the fact that we are ourselves in some degree, to some degree, in some capacity, also creative beings. And so our worship should reflect that. Like, I think the more creative and the more connected our worship is with our creativity, it, it, it seems to me to follow that that would also connect us more deeply, more authentically with, with God. Um, yeah. And as you're, as you're saying that, like, I keep thinking about like, and creativity doesn't mean that everything is different and unexpected and un, um, anticipated. Yeah, like, yeah. like creativity can simply be a way to create space yeah. for something to bloom in the midst of that. Cause I, I do think there are probably people who would listen to us talk about worship and be like, Oh my gosh, they would change everything that I love about what already is happening. Right. And and I don't think that's what either of us actually do in our practice of worship creation or mm-hmm. that we would want to do. But I think that creativity, even the promise of it says you can open this door and see what's behind it. You can imagine for, for a second that this was different. How, how could it be different in a way that would be more helpful to you? Um, how would it how could it be different in a way that you think is more um, in line with your experience of God? You know, and I, and I think that that's where, you know, you get, you get worship, worship that is authentic, even if it is, you know, authentic in things that we have done forever. Um, You know, authenticity doesn't mean that it can't be done again, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it does mean that it, that it matches us. I know recently I performed a small wedding ceremony I was, you know, like eight people at this wedding and the couple were saying, saying things to me like, well, what do you think we ought to do? What does it have to be like? And I said, really, you know, there are, you know, you have to have vows and you have to have rings. Well, you don't have to have rings even, but you have to have vows and, you know, a recognition of the commitment that you're making. And I was like, but for me, it is really important that a celebration of marriage be a picture of the people who are getting married. Like that it's not a cookie cutter moment where you just say the same things over and over, no matter who is getting married, but that this should, this should reflect you because today is about this covenant between you and between God and, and about this beginning of a new, a new way forward together. And I think that that just is true about worship in general, like worship should be a reflection about where we are with God, about how we understand God, about the questions that we have about God and for God and for one another. Worship should be the place where as a church, we really wrestle with the things that are hard for us to understand, you know, that we put out there, you know, our, our difficulties, our doubt and say like, here, help me understand this. Let's understand this together because I mean, if I look into the world, the people that I talk to that aren't a part of the church um, or who who have been connected to it, their problem um, with the expressions of church that they have known is not that there's doubt or that, you know, like all these people are running around asking questions is that that's not happening. So they go into places and people have seem to have no questions and seem to have all these answers, 
But the answers are, are so uniform that if you don't understand that, there's not even room to ask a question about how did they get to that understanding. And, and that's why worship matters, that it reflects where we are. Because, I mean, my congregation is an average age of like 78 to 80. Mm-hmm. And these are some of the most faithful people I have ever met. And they are still wrestling with questions about faith and about how to live and about what it means to follow God and, and how they do that now, as opposed to how they did that when they were younger. And to me, that is like a refreshing and beautiful example of how God is still alive within them. Mm. You know, that they haven't gotten to some point and said, well, now I understand everything there is to know about God. And here I am, but that they're still asking questions and that that, to me should be modeled in the way that we worship because people need to, to know that they are in good company, that the questions that you have about God are not, um, it's not just you who is confused by this or who doubts that, but it's people that have been wrestling with these same texts and these same songs and this same community in some cases uh, for years that there are still questions, that there are still opportunities to discover more and to kind of lean into an understanding of God that is different. I guess in that vein, I'm really curious about um, the people that listen, kind of why you listen and Mm -hmm. what it is that you'd like to talk about more. And it might even be that some of you would like to be on the podcast, you know, like you have something you'd like to talk about with us. And that would be really fantastic. We'd love to do that. And part of the, the way that we can learn that is by having you tell us, um, what are the kinds of things you have questions about or that you just like to hear us talk about? A lot of times we just see articles or quotes or something, and we'll send it to each other and say, Hey, you want to just riff on this? And so anytime you have something like that, send it to us at Moravian create me at Gmail and We'd love to include some of those things in, in what we talk about because we really are interested in how do we expand this conversation um, beyond just Brian and I, and how do we enable, enable other people to have this conversation um, with us, but also in other contexts, because we just find it so valuable for us and our own practice of worship. And so I guess that's my, yeah. my plea, you know, put it out there. Please let us know what, what it is that, resonates with you and what it is that doesn't resonate with you and how, and how could we improve our podcast so that it would be something that you would not only want to listen to, but you, you'd want to share with other people in your life and, and what, what you find it does for you in your own experience of God and of worship. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you kind of um, offered the disclaimer that if, if you've listened in to this conversation for a while, that, when Rebecca and I plan worship, like just because we kind of really emphasize creativity, we see that as a, as a, as a goal, as, as a real value, but that doesn't mean that we're planning worship that involves, you know, pool noodles and, and mashed potatoes and like just weird, like creative creativity doesn't mean, you know, off the wall doesn't mean unrecognizable. Like I think by creativity, although if, if you could, explain to me why a worship service should involve pool noodles and mashed potatoes. Like I would be intrigued, like if there were some, you know, point to it, but I, I think the creativity for creativity's sake is, is not what we're about. I, I think it's creativity to, to the point you made about authenticity. 
that, that we are authentically creative beings, you know, and that is what we're offering to God by way of worship. Is it something that we really aren't giving any thought to whatsoever? And we're just kind of repeating, we're just reciting, we're just, we're, we're just kind of uncritically going through the motions. That to me doesn't seem to be authentic. I, I strongly believe that what it means to be made in the image of God is that you are authentically, innately a creative being. And so I believe that worship that is most deeply authentic, uh, most profoundly human, and, and most life-giving is when we is, is when we are giving some thought to the offering that we're making of, of our songs, of our prayers, of, you know, what, whatever the elements are of worship for you where you are, that you are doing that in a creative, prayerful, worshipful way. And that, to me, seems to be most likely to help you really dial in, really connect with the God who I believe is looking to connect with you through, through worship, through through scripture, through prayer, through acts of, of service and, and charity. Um, so yeah, it isn't just creativity to be wacky and to be interesting uh, at, by any means. It, to me, it's, as you said, Rebecca, just it's about really trying to be who it is that we are and trying to understand who it is that God is helping us to become. So yeah, I, I think we, we would love to hear more from you and about what types of things would you like to hear discussed? What, what conversations are you having about worship and, and how can we continue to, to try to help this podcast be an authentic expression of, of what it is that's happening in our, in our congregations, in our communities, and how can we help each other with, to make worship as, as beautiful and as blessed as, as it can be. Yeah. On that note, I think, um, just mark your calendars for October 2nd and 3rd. Uh, there's an evolving faith conference uh, that Brian and I are talking about going to. If there are other people who would be interested in going as well, uh, maybe we can have sort of a group at that conference. And uh, just kind of thinking ahead, you know, are there things that you'd like to see us do? Um, we've talked about creating a website that is kind of a portal for people to put hymns they're working on writing or liturgies that they want to um, kind of workshop with some other people or even just completed liturgies that you want to share. Is that something that you would be interested in? And if you'd be interested in seeing that happen, are there any of you who would be interested in being a part of a team to make that happen? Um, Brian and I have been really clear with each other about the limits that we see in our own ability to make all of these dreams come true. And so we'd like to build our Create and Me community um, a bit. And we kind of are trusting that God's going to bring us together with the people that are, are also called to this work. So if you feel like that might be you, um, get in touch with us. Let's uh, talk about it some more and see what, what God may have in store for the next movements of creativity in, in Create Me and in the Moravian Church and kind of in the world. Thanks for listening. We just listened to this episode of Create in Me. And I guess if you're listening to this, you just did too. This is a really good podcast and it's awesome to have another podcast in the Moravian family. I can't wait for the next episode. Completely agree. Totally gets at the art and the heart of worship. But while we wait for the next episode, do you think everyone listening to this knows about the Moravian Church Without Walls daily text podcast series? 
Well, if they don't, I hope they do when they listen to this. Each day, a new episode comes out, complete with a New Testament verse, an Old Testament verse, a reflection, and a prayer, all found in the Moravian Daily Text each day, and all in about five minutes per episode. Yeah, and I mean, it's available on all kinds of podcast hosting platforms, or they can listen to it and learn all about it at dailytechpodcast.org. Plus, if they have something to share, they can actually be on the podcast. If they use the same link, they can sign up, choose a day, and be a reader on the podcast. A daily devotion, plus a chance for every listener to be on the podcast, seems like something they should look up, listen, and subscribe to today, wherever they get their podcasts. Dan, you think the listeners caught on that this is kind of a commercial? What do you mean? I thought we talked like this all the time. Well, in that case, join audience of listeners today by searching Moravian Church without walls. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Create and Me Worship and on Facebook at Create and Me. If you have questions, thoughts, or ideas you'd like to share with us, email us at moraviancreateandme at gmail.com. A special thanks to David Melby Gibbons, Rachel Marie, and John Robinson for our theme music. Check them out at Dust of the Saints on Facebook and rachelmarie.com. As always, keep on creating.